Hello, it is Chowderhead Sports here coming from Boston, Massachusetts, home of the greatest sports teams in the world. We've got the Celtics, the Bruins, the Patriots, the Red Sox. Um, we got it all here in Boston. And to start off, uh, we'd like to talk about the Patriots, and I guess a little less the Patriots and more just the NFL in general because it's here. The playoffs are here this weekend. There's four wild card playoff games. Uh, we've got Saturday, Raiders at Texans, and later on you've got Lions at Seahawks. On Sunday, there is the Dolphins playing at Pittsburgh, and to close it off, there is the Giants and Packers for, I guess, Sunday Night Football. It's on at 440, so call it what you want, but it's the last game of the weekend. And just looking at these games briefly, for the AFC, there looks to be a lot of inexperience at the quarterback position that doesn't really take any expert to to see that. Connor Cook for the Raiders making his first playoff, making his first start in the playoffs. Um, Brock Osweiler for the Texans is making his first, you know, playoff appearance. Even uh, Matt Moore for the Dolphins, who's a little bit of a veteran, but always been a backup role for his career. He's also making his first playoff start. So the the slate of quarterbacks in the AFC to start off the playoffs doesn't seem to be too strong. But the NFC, there's some great, great matchups. The Lions at Seahawks is going to be a game that a couple years ago, call it like 2014, 2000, even last year really, uh, you wouldn't expect the Lions and the Seahawks to be a good game. I know they played uh, and Cam Chancer punched out the ball against you know Calvin Johnson going into the end zone. And you know there's some mishaps with the uh, play call and whether or not it was you know, a touchback, or I forget exactly what it was, but I know there was some controversy there, and the Lions, I think, could have won that game had Kelvin Johnson crossed the goal line, so um, they look to be, you know, the Lions look to, you know, upset definitely the Seahawks are favored in the game, but I still, still think the Lions have a chance, I mean, without Earl Thomas, um, no more Tyler Lockett, the Seahawks are a little weak. They haven't been playing. They've been playing decent football. They haven't been playing great. They lost, you know, at home against the Arizona Cardinals, who, you know, this year definitely dropped the ball. So you don't want to lose a divisional game in your house late in the season. But the Seahawks still are probably favored to win that game. The Raiders and Texans. The other game on Saturday. Interesting game. I I don't know necessarily how well Matt Moore is going to be able to. To, I mean, not Matt Moore, how well Connor Cook is going to be able to play. You know, how, well, how well does he know the Raiders' playbook, the schemes? I'm sure Derek Carr is spending a lot of time with him this weekend and throughout the entire practice week to to try and get him ready for that game. But you got to say no, no Derek Carr. Raiders on the road. Jack Del Rio's kind of, you know, not really experienced well in the playoffs. He doesn't have a lot of playoff success as of recent. Um, I don't know. I might take the Texans. Might might take the home team. Houston is favored to win the game, but still, I don't know. Do you really put a lot of faith in the $72 million stiff that is Brock Osweiler? Um, yeah, the Broncos definitely escaped by not paying him any money. Although, you know what? Broncos aren't in the playoffs. Texans are, so... Um, but I would definitely look at that game and say probably the 
worst game of the playoffs just because the inexperience at quarterback or at least the poor quarterback play that could be expected. But at a Saturday, I would take... You know, I'm going with the underdogs. I'll take the Raiders for Sunday for Saturday at Houston. I will definitely think that's up for debate. But something about something about Brock Osweiler choking, just, just I don't know. I just don't see him performing well. Uh, he's had an awful year um, by his, you know, what his paycheck dictates at least. The defense is, has been playing okay, but I think the Raiders have more playmakers despite losing their star quarterback they still got Latavius Murray and Amari Cooper Michael Crabtree and even on the defensive Khalil Max just an absolute animal Reggie Nelson Sean Smith at corner they just they've got a lot of talent on that roster um I know the Texans you know got Jadavian Clowney and Hopkins and Lamar Miller so we'll see I could easily be wrong but I'll take the Raiders and I'll take the Seahawks um against the Lions although the Lions if you want to make a good payout bet on the Lions I think they have like a one in one hundred chance of winning the Super Bowl in Vegas. So, if you're uh, got some cash laying around, maybe you throw it on the Lions, and you could win big if they go far in the playoffs. But on Sunday, there's uh, Dolphins Steelers. That's the AFC uh, game. You know, interestingly enough, the the Dolphins have played pretty well. I know the Patriots went down in Miami, whooped them. Um, but that's expected from the Patriots. They they needed to to win and clinch the you know number one seed, so they went in with a vengeance. But it's hard to pick against Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, um, Le'Veon Bell. That's just a monstrous offensive attack that they have. And Pittsburgh's been there before. Roethlisberger's held Lombardi trophies. Um, even I think. I think Antonio Brown was a rookie the year that the Packers ended up beating. Yeah, I think I think Antonio Brown was a rookie when the Packers and the Steelers played in the Super Bowl. So at least he get, he's got a taste of it. So I, I, I think that the Dolphins definitely don't impress me as much as the Steelers do. They definitely don't have it together experience-wise. Mike Tomlin, even good coach. I mean, you can take him or leave him but I think he's got a little bit more experience than whoever is the head coach in Miami I don't even know who he is um so yeah I take the Steelers they're the obvious favorites um but I think it should be you know pretty easy for the Steelers and if the Steelers win that means that the Patriots would play the winner of the Raiders Texans game at Gillette so I think well no matter yeah if the Dolphins win we play the Dolphins so um divisional game as a patriot fan i don't think you're really scared of the dolphins raiders or texans but if you had to pick one of those teams you probably want to play the texans um because you already played them earlier in this year they came to your house you know prime time and you shut them out with your third string quarterback and um i think that the patriots would be able to pick them apart again so you don't really want to play the Dolphins I think the only team if, if any of those teams the three teams that we could play scare me Raiders Texans or Dolphins it's the Dolphins just because they're a divisional team you know what I mean they might know you better you've played them twice this year already they might know some of your schemes some of your play calls so I guess if I had to pick a team that would really have like the slimmest chance in the world of upsetting I'd go with the Dolphins but um the last game Giants 
Packers. Now, this is a game for the ages. I believe this is going to be one of the best playoff games we see all year. Possibly um, one that could turn into an instant classic. One that they play on television reruns for years and years to come. Because the Packers and Giants, every time they play, it's always... It's always a great game. Eli Manning, I think it was the year that the Giants beat the Patriots the second time, which makes me throw up a little bit in my mouth to even say that. <laughs> but I think the Packers went 15-1 and in the regular season that year, and the Giants just squeaked into the playoffs at 9-7. and So you think in Aaron Rodgers' MVP caliber year, home field advantage throughout the playoffs. They got you know Lambeau playing the 9-7 and Giants. Like, come on. And the Giants went in, and I'm pretty sure they whooped them, beat them by like 17 or 16, I forget. But the Packers have been playing absolutely unreal on the, well, all due to the arm of Aaron Rodgers. He's just making plays out there. So definitely a game to, to tune into. They're, they've got Green Bay favored, um, but I believe, and you heard it here first, the winner of the Giants and Packers game will win the NFC and go to the Super Bowl. That is right. The winner of the Giants and Packers game this Sunday, 440, will be the champion of the NFC. In that game, I'm taking the Giants. I don't know. I want to say Giants. I really do. But the Giants aren't the same caliber team. If I had to, if I had to gun to my head pick a team, I'd go with the Packers. But don't sleep on the Giants this year. They're they're definitely a team worth um, looking out for. So those are the those are the four playoff games coming up this week. Um, and I guess a little bit of more Patriots news. This is Chowderheads. This is Boston. So I didn't really talk about the Patriots. They're not playing this week. Um, obviously locked up the one seed in the first round by, but the All Pro lineups or awards or whatever they're called came out today and tom brady is not on the first team all pro it was matt ryan for the quarterback position so that's a pretty big indicator that tom brady is not going to be the league's mvp this year it will most likely be matt ryan possibly aaron Rodgers, but it's looking like tom brady will not get his third mvp and that's just disgusting. Biased, of course. I'm a Pats fan. But Tom Brady, I know the league hates him. I know that the league hates the Patriots and the success that we've had and the way we've done it and you know some of the shady things that Belichick has done. And just a lot of people do not like the New England Patriots. Roger Goodell does not like the New England Patriots. Um, but I still think that Tom Brady deserves this more than any of the other quarterbacks. I get it. He didn't play all 16 games. But the dude is 39 years old, and he threw 28 touchdowns, only two interceptions. And those two interceptions were just dumb decisions, very dumb decisions. Tom Brady could have avoided that. He could have gone 28 touchdowns and no interceptions if he didn't huck the ball deep randomly. I think it was to Malcolm Mitchell against Seattle was his first one. And... Uh, the other one was against the Ravens. I forget exactly what happened. I don't know if it bobbled out of receiver's hand or it was just a bad throw, but they looked to be avoidable, and I 
just, I don't know, you, despite those two interceptions, that's the only negative on his year. The dude threw for, I mean, I, I know he didn't throw for 5,000 yards or 4,900 yards like Matt Ryan did, but Tom Brady still, over the span of 16 games, if you take his totals out, I think he was going to be somewhere near, you know, 4,500. Um, obviously, his interceptions total would go up, but also his touchdowns would. He wa- lost one game to Seattle, and, you know, there was that holding call against Gronk, or, well, not holding call on Gronk in the end zone by Seattle to end the game. We lost it on the one-yard line, but, you know, we won the we won Super Bowl 49 on the one-yard line, so I'd rather rather lose the regular season game to, to Seattle. But still, he played flawless. He was lighting up teams. He was lighting up good teams. Baltimore, prime time, right? Number one ranked defense. Tom Brady, unfazed, unfazed. He threw a pick, bad pick, get over it. He still torched him through, put up like 35 or something like that on him. Uh played the Jets, killed him, played the Browns. Oh, my God. First game back. Is Tom Brady going to be good? Is he going to be rusty? He threw, uh, I forget exactly, I think like four touchdowns uh, against, yeah, it might have been four because he threw two or three to Bennett. It was just a great game. Anyways, comes comes back, lights it up. So Tom Brady had a magnificent year, but I still, still believe that with him not getting the all-pro first team, it will be Matt Ryan to win the league's MVP. And no knock on Matt Ryan. He's a BC guy. You know, if anyone had to win it, I guess I'd rather it be him. Definitely not Aaron Rodgers. But Tom Brady, I feel like he got skimmed this year. And that's just the league hating on the Patriots once again. But what can you do? Um, Other Patriots news, the, well, I don't know, not much. Um, Like I said, all the winners you know, who we'd play in the playoffs. If the Steelers lose to Miami, then the Pats get Miami. If not, we play the winner of the Oakland Raiders and the Houston Texans. Um, So, yeah, that's pretty much your Patriots news. Next, The game next week will be Saturday, I think 8 o'clock. So next Saturday, so a week and a day from, from, you know, this Friday, from right now, um, the game will be on. And I'm looking forward to it as much of New England is. Wish it was this week. We're getting some snow tomorrow. Getting a couple, uh, I think, three to six inches or so. Would have been a great winter classic kind of game. Especially if we played the Raiders. Would have been like a repeat you know, of the Tuck Rule game, which I hate that it's remembered as the Tuck Rule game. It should be remembered as, you know, Goskowski's, un- I mean, not Goskowski, Adam Vinatieri's unbelievable kick in the snow. But that's that. Um... Moving on now to some basketball. Celtics have had a decent string of games. Uh, Christmas they won against the New York Knicks. Um, nice to go into Madison Square Garden and get the W. They played the Cavaliers primetime um, and lost, but we were getting blown out. And slowly crept back into the game. As soon as the team stopped chucking up threes, I mean, it just stopped chucking up threes, they came back and made it a close game. And then Jay Crowder starts chucking threes. Well, he's, he's chucked a three with like 40 seconds left in the it missed. And, you know, I know it was down by two. Celtics make a layup. You play for overtime. Instead, Jay Crowder shoots for the three to try to get the W. I don't hate the call. 
to take the three. I know trying to win in Cleveland against LeBron and Kyrie, Kevin Love was cooking that game. Hard to hard to play for overtime against them, but I get why you go for three. Jay Crowder really shooting the three? I don't, I don't know. And then um, yeah, so that was a disappointing loss, but the Celtics did did show that they can hang a, a little bit with Cleveland. I don't know. Cleveland's still the heavy favorite to win the East. The Celtics are not there yet. They're not beating Cleveland four out of seven games. So, um, But it was nice to be in prime time. And then the next night, Isaiah Thomas lights up the Miami Heat, puts up 52 points, career high, unbelievable game. And the Celtics won 117 to 114. You know, a guy putting up 52, you expect him or expect the team to win by more than a shot, more than three points, but um, didn't necessarily happen. And even though he lit up the Miami Heat throwing, I mean, shooting for 52 points, he did not record a single assist. Your starting point guard did not record a single assist. And I know, right, he's, he's unbelievable. He's you know, shooting the ball in that game. But I look at that and say, I don't know. And I said that when it, when those stats came out, I was like, really? Can't move the rock? And he probably heard me and is like, you know what, uh, Mr. Chowderheads, I'm going to prove you wrong. And he came and against the Utah Jazz January 3rd, this Tuesday, he put up 15 assists career high to go along with 29 points. Celtics got the W 115 to 104 pushing their record to 21 and 14. So honestly, I think the uh the Celtics have a clear superstar caliber player in Isaiah Thomas. Puts up 52 one night and then comes back and puts up 15 assists. I mean, two career highs back to back. Not a lot of guys can do that. So you definitely like to see that he's been improving. I voted for him for the All-Star game. I think everybody should. There's like endless ways to vote in the All-Star um on Twitter, uh, online on the NBA.com, I believe you can. But Isaiah Thomas proving to be one of the league's best point guards. I know he's not there yet. You might still put Curry, Westbrook, um, Kyrie Irving, but he's making a case top 10, top 5? I don't know. I don't know. Celtics played tonight against the 76ers, 7.30. Um should be a pretty easy game. I know the 76ers have some good some good big men. They've got Joel Embiid's playing, you know, pretty good basketball, but they're still the 76ers still still uh I think they what still in single digits for wins this year, so Celtics are third in the division right now um which, you know, you'd like to you know, think that they're better than they were last year after adding such a big free agent in Al Horford, but not necessarily um, the case. They're 21 and 14. What were they at this time last year? Maybe 20 and 15, 19 and 16. I don't know. Definitely not a massive improvement, but one more piece, and I think this team could be a serious contender in the East. But right now, with just Horford and Isaiah, I don't know. Oh, oh, one thing I wanted to talk about is Jay Crowder and his Twitter fingers after the game against the Utah Jazz. 
he, he gets mad for Boston fans cheering for um, Gordon Hayward, I believe it was. And I get it. You know, Boston, it is a tough place to play as a player. You know, David Price experienced that when he wasn't pitching very well last year. Um, Ocho Cinco experienced that when he came here and with the Patriots and all of a sudden wasn't playing great. People call him out. I mean, we call him out. We call you out if you don't play good. And a lot of people aren't happy with Jay, Crow Jay Crowder's play this year. I know I haven't been impressed. I know he was, you know, a little banged up a bit, but I still still don't understand why he calls out the fans saying, why are y'all cheering for, uh, like, the enemy or, like, the opponent? You know, we want Gordon Hayward. I think a lot of Boston fans would want Gordon Hayward. I know I would. And so when the guy comes into your building, you get to see him, you know, and you cheer for him, that should motivate you, Mr. Crowder, not to complain on Twitter and, and moan, you know, I think a lot of people would rather have Gordon Hayward on their team than you. So, of course, we're going to cheer when he comes in the building. It's not a superstar caliber player. It's not like cheering for LeBron or KD or, um, you know, Westbrook or anything like that. But you're cheering for a player that you like and that you'd want on your team. And instead of complaining about it, why don't you go work on your threes and maybe we won't lose that game to Cleveland. Yeah, calling you out, Jay Crowder. Um, but that's it for the Celtics news. Um, like I said, tonight, Philly, 7.30 uh, at the Garden. So should be a good game. The Bruins now, switching a little more to the Bruins, have really been kind of eh this year. They had two back-to-back -back games against Buffalo. They got the W, which was nice to see. It was a uh, on-the-road Thursday, the 29th, and then, the last day of the year, Saturday, they got a W at the Garden. And after that, you're right, got a little two-game winning streak, beat a, uh, you know, tough opponent that, you know, Buffalo usually plays the Celt um, Celtics. Buffalo plays the Bruins pretty well. But after that, we kind of fell off a cliff. We lost to the Devils, 3-zip, and then lost to Edmonton, 4-3. So Celtics on the year right now are 20-17-4. and four. I believe they are third in the Atlantic Division. Uh, no, second in the Atlantic Division. Um, and eighth in the Eastern Conference, I believe. So, you know, we'll we'll see where this team can go. I don't think this is a serious playoff contending team. They just don't seem to have all the right pieces. Um, you know, there's just so many other good teams in the league. Um, <laughs> it's kind of sad. Bruins definitely have taken a step back from their greatness in, you know, 2011, 2013 when they went to the Cup. We've taken massive strides backwards, but, um, you know, tonight, no, tomorrow night they're playing at Florida Panthers, games on Nesson, and then Sunday at Carolina. Um, so maybe we'll get some Ws, but as of right now, I'm looking at the schedule, play St. Louis, play Nashville. Flyers, yeah, a couple, couple tough games, but right now we're kind of entering a easy stretch. So maybe get some good games, get in a roll. You know, when catch fire like Winnipeg. If you hadn't heard, Winnipeg won like seventeen in a row or sixteen in a row. I think they were sixteen and were a game shy of tying the seventeen win streak record in the NF in the NHL, but they fell short. Um, but yeah, Bruins definitely not. Not really 
doing much this year. I think they need to look at the roster. I mean, we've got we've got Bergeron, top five player in the league. You've got one of the highest paid goalies in Tuka Rask. You know, Brad Marchand, um, David Krejci. So you've got talent on your roster, but they're just not necessarily playing to their potential. Maybe Claude Julien's on the way out. Heard rumors of that, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, hopefully the Celtic. I mean, hopefully the Bruins can make make some moves in the off season. Really try to beef up this roster because as of right now, we'll first line okay, second line, uh, third line, and by the fourth line, I don't even know who's who's out there. I'm like, who are these people? Um, maybe that's just you know a saying I should watch more hockey, but who knows. Red Sox not really in the news much. Uh, I know it's winter. I think we're a month away from Truck Day, my favorite day of the year. But uh, to go over some of the things that happened in the winter meetings, we traded for Chris Sale. We traded for some bullpen players. We got rid of Travis Shaw. We got rid of Clay Buckles. And Pablo Sandoval's lost some weight. Saw a picture of him working out and looks to have definitely thinned down from last year's spring training pictures. So hopefully he... Uh, got his act together and we get to see him out there starting third base because without Shaw you gotta wonder who we're gonna put in there and I definitely want to see us get something out of all the money we paid Pablo so I think Sale's gonna be good to the rotation um, should be the opening day starter you got Sale, Porcillo, Price, Wright and then I don't know maybe Pomerantz I know they might keep him out in the bullpen we've got uh, Rodriguez, who you could put out there. So that's a strong, strong starting four at least. And then the fifth guy, uh, you just hope he doesn't mess things up too much. But they've got a good, you know, Kimbrel. They got got some good bullpen players. Um, so we'll see. I know, I know a lot of people when they traded Buckles were like, no, we're losing a veteran presence in the bullpen. Um, you know, he was on fire towards the end of the year. He could pitch in pressure situations, and like that's just garbage. He was garbage. Um, I know he played well for us, had a, had a no-hitter, won a, won a ring or two. I'm not sure if he was on the team in 07. Maybe maybe he was young. But, you know, he came up through the system, and it was just time to move on. You know, as Boston being a city where they get on players when they don't play well, every time the ball was in Buckles' hand, I was like, oh, my God, is he going to blow it? How is he going to mess up? So I was not confident with him pitching, and I'm glad they, they moved him out and sent him to the Phillies, I believe, for like a second base prospect. I, I don't care. I would have cut the guy. I don't even. The fact that we got a player, the fact that we convinced a team to uh, to trade him, to trade for him, is a miracle. <laughs> so, I think that the bullpen is going to be fine. You've got some dominant closers. Um, we lost Koji Uehara, um, but we still have Kimbrel. Still got uh, Tazawa and. And other people who I, I have a lot of faith in. So we'll see. We'll see what they do. But John Farrell used to be the pitching coach. So I know he's he's good at keeping the bullpen and the starting rotation flowing well. So we'll see what uh what goes on. But that's pretty much it for Red Sox. There's not, not a whole lot going on in the world of baseball right now. So we'll see. We'll see. But that's pretty much all. Thanks for listening. If you live in the Boston area, bundle up. It's getting cold out there. Uh, make sure you dig out your dig out your snowblower because we're going to get a couple inches tomorrow and other than that uh thanks for listening and this was chowderheads chowderhead sports thank you